Welcome to Sweaty as Fuck. Hi, I'm Joey, functional nutritionist. And hi, I'm Lucy, sports injury and lymphatic drainage specialist. We are here getting our sweat on in the sunlight and infrared sauna at the Fit Partnership, which is a gym and longevity studio in Wimbledon, southwest London. We are talking all things biohacking, but no nonsense, just easy to understand conversations and tips about what we and others in our community are doing to optimise health to live longer and better. Hi, welcome to episode 18 of Sweaty as Fuck. This week we have another amazing guest with us. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about last week's Biohack of the Week, where we continued with our 100-day challenge. And just a little bit of an update, maybe. How are you getting on, Lucy? Good. We had a bit of a fail over the weekend after your 40th party. And a bit of a fail. Oh, An epic died. fail. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. We did have the, um, as the girl suggested, the shot of NAD. And it, it did wipe the hangover. Yeah. So I felt fragile days though to be fair so oil pulling is not no not, happening. not when you're hungover no. it's not good but is it oil pulling that you're kind of out of all the biohacks that you thought you weren't going to enjoy it's oil pulling that you're yeah liking. so we, we've been we've been <laughs> putting stuff in our mouths for a long time for a long time so um, i'm just like oh my god what am i doing i'm not allowed to laugh at this point oh, oh, yeah. straight, straight i just hold it back okay fine yeah grounding mat by Be Grounded which has yes. been amazing yeah. so I put it under my desk when I'm working um, but the thing I'm struggling with now is because we get up at 5am is the light, yeah. the morning light so I do stick my head out of my window as no you would have seen time. on Instagram but there's nothing there <laughs> it's, it's the, moon. Night. the moon is still there at 5am but I um, wait until the sun starts to come up yes. and then I do it so, so that's what I'm doing so my order, my routine, like I'm a creature of habit but the routine is is having to be Most weirdos don't wake up at 5am like us true. though, so this you know, true. make sure it's your first thing you do if you wake up past, what is it, 6 at the moment? Yeah, 6, 6 30. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so that's all good, so we're still doing that, um, we're going to have a, a new biohack this week that George is going to give to us, um, but let's get into it. Will you introduce yourself, George? Well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so my name's uh, George Bounds, I'm a sport and exercise medicine consultant, so I'm a doctor who essentially always wanted to work with high performance athletes really probably growing up and, and thinking about medicine as a kind of career so after school I did a degree then went to medical school then did uh, a sports medicine masters which kind of got me involved then with doing some age group rugby and some age group football with the FA and the RFU um, and a little bit of work with Chelsea Football Club which is very cool and then did my GP training after that Worked at the 2012 the Olympics, oh, nice. which was really super cool. Um, you might yeah. have seen me, I was in the back of an ambulance. Were you? I was, because <laughs> I, I was pregnant 
wasn't with my I, well, my I was just going to say, I was so pregnant and I overheated because yeah. it was really hot and I passed out. So Maybe it was George that sorted you out. Definitely wasn't one <laughs> <laughs> We were field of play, no offence. Okay. <laughs> we were, we were hanging out courtside, no offence. <laughs> Yes, that's cool. So I did, um, I did volleyball and beach volleyball with my two schools. Oh, so I went to that. see them. Oh, I bet that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that. I played that. Fair enough. Jesus, they are stunning. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a good gig. And um, I actually, I've stayed friends with with some of the people I work with actually, which is it was a good vibe. And um, anyway, so I did that, and then I uh, worked at Headley Court, the big military rehab centre just down my the road. Dad worked at Headley Court. Oh, there you go. We just talked the whole. Well, oh, who my dad is? <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I did that for a bit and then um, went to Oxford and did my sports medicine like, registrar training and then went back to Headley Court after I finished and then did more stuff um, in various different sports, so primarily rugby, so I've been club doctor at Harlequins, won the premiership, which is really cool, worked a lot with our Olympic athletes, so I helped um, Lizzie Arnold win her gold in 2018, wow. which is mega, she's the first ever... British Winter Olympian to defend their title, yeah. which was super, super cool um, uh, to be part of that team doing that. And then um, working just around the corner here at Wimbledon with the tennis, with the players. Um, so those are kind of like the main three three areas of sport that I've worked in. Um, and now, just to, you know, as life transitions, I'm just a bit more in clinic, still doing some matches with Harlequins and, and some of the tennis, but um, yeah, much more kind of clinic based with the public. Yeah. Amazing. So there we go. Gosh, lots wow. of nice rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to try and Can get one on the pod for you? Yeah. Is this what we're saying? Yeah. We could just squeeze. I South is under being an essay centre of rugby players. We could fit in the... Yeah. We could probably squeeze a few in. So I think we were kind of really interested, um, we were talking before the podcast, that... Um, you were going to talk to us a bit about, and I know it's going to be your biohack of the week, which we can come to at the end. So the importance of movement for everybody in their daily life, not just athletes, and how we kind of, how do we maintain that? And how do we keep up the motivation and the accountability? And how do we avoid getting injuries and any kind of tips or sort of strategies that you think are good for for most general kind of healthy people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So obviously this is focused, you know, you guys are focused on, you know, the biohack, yeah. almost like something that some people may look at as not achievable, if you like, or it's it's the reserve of Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Aniston types. <clears throat> and what can you do? That's Which is we are, the common people, as Gwenny as, and Lizzie. As, as, as I was about to say, as about to say those two girls have had a lot of, uh, a lot of stu- interest Gwenny over the weekend on, uh, on various biohacks they're up to. But as we sit here in an infrared sauna, which not everyone has No, no to, but which is why we come up with the alternate for, we, we're very fortunate to come here, but we are for the everyman. And no, no, biohacks exactly. are all aimed at yeah. everyone. Not the un- un- so yeah, if you can't get a cry, yeah. get yourself in a cold shower, yeah, and exactly. it's that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. And it's like yeah. So and this is and this is what I mean. So you need some fundamental building blocks yeah. to start off with, and then when you add in these other things, you know, you talk about cryo there or NAD or recovery pumps, whatever it is. Yeah. There they're going to have more effect because you've got the basics right. Yeah. Yes. If you haven't got the basic building blocks there, and and that's real. I know real simple stuff: sleep, yeah. nutrition. Yeah. 
and activity. Those are really like the three things I think that you need to really nut down to. Yeah. You know, hypothetically speaking, if you can get seven to eight hours sleep mm -hmm. consistently, you're going to feel like a better human. If you're only on five or six, you're not feeling like a good human. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're chasing your tail a bit with all these other bits. Eating, you've got to eat regularly, yeah. and it's got to be healthy food. Yes, everyone's going to have a cheat day, or something similar to that. Yeah. But if you're consistently, if you were to get all the food you ate in a week and put it on a table, yeah. what does it look like? Does it look healthy? Mm -hmm. Is it giving you balanced nutrition? Yeah. That's that's the good starting point. Yeah. And obviously, fluid intake goes with that as well. Um, and uh, and then the, the, you know, the other elements around that, from my point of view, is physical activity. Mm -hmm. So. I think we've got to understand what the spectrum of physical activity looks like to see where you are on that scale yeah. and then where kind of biohacking, if you like, sits in that scale. So if you go to one absolute ever, talks about high performance sport, okay, so at the moment there's a number of international competitions going on that people are watching, whether World Cup's one, yeah. um, Davis Cup's one at the weekend, um, there's lots of cricket World Cup's about to happen. But the number of people who participate in high performance sport is very, very small less than a percentage of the whole population yeah. right? the other end of the spectrum is complete inactivity yeah. okay so of the adult population in the UK good question for you girls here what percentage of the population do less than 30 minutes physical activity classed as a brisk walk a month it'll be huge given that, that now in the UK over 50% of people are obese yeah so I imagine it's a Really, well, like 50% of people not oh, moving. Well, no, I, I think it's higher than that. Yeah, that's a big number, isn't it? Is it? Oh, I think that's ridiculous, but I'm just but saying. We're talking about 30 minutes in a month. In oh, a month? In a month. Oh, like, I don't know, 5%. Walking, just walking. Well, I'm using walking as an example. So, um, physical activity, if you, if you consider it to be a brisk walk. So, walking yeah. less than 30 minutes a month? Briskly. Purposefully. So, yeah. I don't know, like yeah. 5%. Yeah. Let's get to an answer. Right, I mean, you'll 30, go five. 30 minutes of walking across a month, like, what the fuck are you doing? The other, like, you know, million fucking minutes a month. 50% of the nation is <laughs> clinically, well, not uh, clinically, but they're obese. But uh, also, no, higher than 5% for sure. So uh, it's 27% wow. according to the research. Wow. This whole country. Yeah. That's so, so that's a huge, so you've got elite sport less than one percent at the top, basically of the population when you consider the, the numbers of the population, and you've got twenty seven percent of the adult population doing less than thirty minutes of physical activity a month. <laughs> Where do we fit so, into this? Exactly. So, I think we're okay, the high so, end, aren't we? So the we public get health message. Every day, so not to an elite level. <laughs> we're getting there. Let's just come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whose podcast is this? Right? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hang on. <laughs> Let's get back on point, girls. Let's get back on point. So, so the public health message, okay, based on the research, is 150 minutes of physical activity a week. Yeah. Right? Now, that could be brisk walking. It doesn't have to be putting on lycra, going to a gym, paying for membership, do something you enjoy, yeah. active travel, all these kinds of things, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's 150 minutes. Now, that is to maintain health. Yes. Right? Okay. And then you've got, if you go from there, let's say that's the middle of the dial, and then at the top end, you've got elite sport, full-time, 20, 30 hours of physical activity, f fully prescribed, full high-end, full recovery required. Kind of what you guys are doing at the moment, right? 
Yeah, there you go. 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 <laughs> but no, but so so basically, in the, in the, bio, the biohacking space is is really anything that's going to push you above that 150 minutes towards the top end. Yeah. So if you're looking at, and I'm going to use this as arbitrary figures, if you did an hour a day, that's going to be seven hours by the end of the week, right? That's a good level of physical activity. Yeah. It's then a case of what you do. Yeah. And what you do, in many ways, is almost irrelevant because doing something is better than nothing. Yes. And if the message is move more, sit less, the consistency to build into your life is you've got to do something you enjoy. So I talk a lot to patients about there's all these activities out there. Yes. Go away and think about one, what's accessible to you, because there's lots of things that you can do for free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk, doesn't cost you anything apart from putting a pair of shoes on and going out the door. Up to expensive gym memberships, but if you go to an expensive gym and don't do anything practical, yeah. then there's no point in having the membership. Yeah. As an example, and then there's everywhere in the middle, but you've got to do something that you that you enjoy doing, yeah. because then you're going to be more likely to want to do it, and also by doing that, you're more likely to meet like-minded people, which is then more going to encourage you to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sisters <laughs> in this way, but yeah, but 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 that's an, and that's an important part of. Um, of any, you know, physical activity is ideally trying to do it. Some people won't actually want to get away. So some people might, I'll use running as an example. Yeah. You, you go look at any of the parks in London, they're often busy at the beginning or the end of the day when people actually, they want a bit of time out from yeah. everyone else. Yeah. And that might be they run without any headphones or they run with headphones, you know, depending on what they want to listen to yeah. or, or whether they want to zone in or zone out of life. And, and people use physical activity often, particularly the people I see, to balance their life. So everyone's got a busy life. You know, you ask them, how have you been? How many people say, oh, I'm busy? As if it's like a, an achievement to say that you're busy. But are you... That really pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there. Busier than a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Just exactly, saying. Exactly. Don't tell Joe you're busy. Sure, I tell you also. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am. <laughs> so it's... It's a create. It's a time. It's you know. It's an opportunity to basically create an opportunity for you to go and do some activity and how you use the balance of life. So we see a lot of people in clinic who've got an injury, and that very quickly disables their life. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. It, it because they're using physical activity as a way of balancing their life, and when you take that proper way, they struggle. And that's why, with anybody coming through the door, I very 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 rarely say, "Don't do anything." Yeah. Because it's a case of right. We need to. What are you interested in? What's available to you? What time have you got? Let's talk about your 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 your, your lifestyle and what's going to work, and come up with options. Yeah, because um, otherwise people become mentally unwell if they're not. Yeah, exactly. Not. So so most people, particularly you know, in an urban area, you know, my biggest screening question to, to people in clinic is is what you do for a living, mm. and it's how they then express themselves about that, and then understanding where they live, what yeah. you know, who they live with. What, what their interests are mm-hmm. to then try and bespoke a care package that's going to work for them yeah. because it's not one size fits all no. um, and that's why it's great to come to places like you know the fit partnership and understand what they've got as to offer the local area yeah. and the local people um, and obviously you know come and try these things mm-hmm. and, and then be able to talk to people about it yeah. because um, inevitably when you see a large volume of people you're going to come across people where you know oh you should go and do this or you should go and do yeah, that yeah. and talking from personal experience really helps people yeah and i think the other thing is you know you talk about what the regime looks like is if you've if you're using physical activity as a way of balancing your life 
which is a good thing mm -hmm. in my view okay because physical activity as a medicine cures all evil mm -hmm. okay it will reduce your blood pressure it's yeah. going to reduce your your, your, card, your cardiovascular risk of of a heart attack or a stroke it's going to reduce your blood sugar levels so that you reduce your risk of getting diabetes it improves your mental health that's you know um that that's all these things are hugely proven yeah um so if it's a prescribable drug the best prescription you can give is physical activity and so therefore you've got to help that person on their journey to find out what they can do yeah. and what's going to be consistent and i think sometimes people when they've got stressful times whether that's at home or at work you know physical activity is often one of those things that drops off the radar yes. <coughs> and then you decompensate you yeah. decompensate quite quickly and so trying to help people break down whatever barriers they might have to physical yeah. activity is really important because it's very easy to put a barrier up. Oh, I can't do this or I can't do that yeah. because of X, Y, Z. And if you took it, really sort of help people work through that conversation in it's, their that's head. That's the same from a nutrition point of view. Absolutely, like yeah, absolutely. Like me with clients, it's like people have these false barriers that they put in themselves as almost as a bit of self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like actually if you can show people that it's not there, it's not actually a real barrier or there's a route around it, then then there are no excuses anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's helpful for me because I, I get to <coughs> write a letter to, to someone. Yes. And so they've got something to physical go back yeah. and reflect on as well. I would write letters. Yeah. I'd be quite happy to write people's letters. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd be back. <laughs> 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 all sorts <laughs> Isn't it just DMs you like Friday? <laughs> can be edited, can be deleted. It's not me the rights. Even worse, delegation. Um, so then, in terms of um, in terms of kind of preventing injury or overcoming injury, how would you say, particularly obviously as we age, you know, in more recent times, you know, we've started well, me less than you but we started doing strength training and found huge benefits in that um, and probably two years ago I wouldn't have even considered like lifting weights um, for many reasons <laughs> well <laughs> um, because you didn't want to get bulky that's why yeah, you didn't lift weights yeah. yes but that was not it's understanding that I would have to eat like an absolute beast in order to get bulky you know as well as doing as well as doing the movement um, but again, that was like a little barrier, maybe. But since doing the strength training and getting stronger, I feel like then I'm able to push myself further on other physical activities that I'm doing. So does that help you? Do you, can you build up in different ways, different strategies to prevent injury or help injury? Or yeah, so there's I mean there's there's a number of points to that really, isn't there? One is um, strength training as an element, whether you're a girl or a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, is important so you can there was a really good MRI study I saw last week where they had cross sections through people's arms at um, 40 and they showed how much muscle mass there was I saw did that. you see this yeah, I yeah. Saw that. and then yeah. and then they repeated it again at 70 okay. and one group were people who weren't continuing with strength training from the age of 40 onwards yeah. just leaving an active life being physically active yeah. probably but just um not doing strength training mm -hmm. and then people who kept up the strength training and when you look at the muscle mass on MRI which is the best way to assess yeah. it um, 
you can see that they've maintained that muscle mass wow. over 30 years later. Wow. And you think about hormonal changes that happen during that period of time, yeah. dietary intake that happens over that time, all those things that go with it, you can maintain that versus the person who wasn't doing strength training and you've got lots of fatty infiltrate, really poor quality muscle, really whittling away. Yeah. Now, that's just about muscle and it would be the same for girls as it is for boys. Yeah. Strength training also is helpful for your skeleton. Yeah. Okay, so it keeps up your bone density yeah. and particularly for girls at some point you're going to go through the menopause mm -hmm. maintaining good bone density mm -hmm. is important for your long-term health risk and primarily around hip fractures yeah. okay, okay so if you get your bone density measured by a DEXA scan yeah. which is a simple x-ray style procedure it looks at your lumbar spine and your hip and then okay. it looks at the density of your bone at your age and compares it to other people of similar age yeah and lots of people come into clinic with concerns around that really through their 40s going into their 60s yeah. with their menopause being somewhere in the middle of that about how you maintain bone density yeah. and bone density is maintained ideally with two sessions of weight based training a week okay. now as you get older you might not want to be doing that could be you know that could be things like doing dancing for example yeah, okay. tai chi those sorts of things so in older adults that's what those are more the recommendations yes. that people might be so partly because of generationally they might be more interested in that yeah. but younger mm -hmm. you know y your age groups if you like doing weight training oh, young age group thanks josh there we go <laughs> younger than 70 you take yeah, it as a compliment you <laughs> <laughs> it's all right yeah. you gave it as a you took yeah. it i know i know i know i know i know i know, I know. you gotta you gotta be quicker girls you gotta be quicker um but yeah so I can't remember where we got to that. <laughs> oh, no, okay, so the, the value of weight training. Weight training, you do the weight training and it spikes your metabolism and the, the last is longer through the day. Okay. So to make those gains, you've got to make sure your nutrition is on yes, point off yeah, the back okay. of it. You know, a lot of, a lot of athletes talk about, you know, you're still making the gains several hours down the line yeah. by making sure your protein intake is right. If you don't do that, if you think, well, I'm going to go to the gym, I'll have a little bit of protein, but not much. Yeah. Actually, what happens is your body starts essentially eating itself. Yeah. Yeah. And those and those gains that you've made in the gym aren't translated because you're not giving your body what it needs. Yeah. And it isn't exactly as you say. It's not about, you know, getting absolutely beefed up. No. You know, it's actually about physical health and about control around the joints yes. and, and yeah. giving your joints control and giving your bones and density of the bones as high as it can be to prevent issues down the line yeah. and you go back to the MRI study that's the same as it is for men and it is for women in that sense of you can stay more active for longer and have more enjoyment of your life yeah. by being physically active yeah. and that's why people want to investigate these biohacking pieces but yeah. I go back to what I said at the beginning is you need to have those fundamentals basis, sleep yeah. nutrition yeah. and activity as, as I just as did basis. an Instagram post about that this morning the did three you? foundations nutrition movement and sleep the most important things to start with yeah before you do anything else yeah because you can take all the supplements under the sun but unless you've got those right it's not going to help how much protein do you eat a day probably not enough <laughs> i mean you're laughing based on previous comments joey loves protein <laughs> and it Creeps in, in any every form. single week. But I actually <laughs> meant that as a genuine nutritional question. Just wondering. Do you, do you know how much protein you eat a day? Do you have a target? You can always have a target. Yeah. I'm not very good at sticking to that mm -hmm. target on a personal level. I'll definitely, because I'm doing different things each day, yeah. 
I kind of get my food from different ways. Yeah. So I started to do things like, say Tuesday, for example, I'm in clinic all day long. Yeah. And therefore the chance to really even step out to go and get a sandwich mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So what I do is on a Monday night is I make sure I go to the supermarket and I buy some good healthy food because I've trained before I go to work. Yeah. And then I've got it in the fridge at work and then it's readily accessible. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is helpful. But I think also the other thing to think about is when we talk about this, particularly with age group athletes mm. who, again, are price sensitive yeah. because they haven't got sponsorship deals no. like the first team athletes have or, or the you know the gold medal athletes yeah. so they're, they're more conscious and even the top level athletes are conscious about where they're getting it from yeah. and that idea of food first which is exactly what we're saying rather than going to a supplement to do it yes. for me so things like milk yeah. milk is a really readily accessible you can buy it everywhere yeah. and a pint of it is going to give you a good dose of protein yeah and it doesn't cost you know, less than a pound, you're going to get a pint of milk yeah. in most places. <laughs> I could have made so many jokes and I didn't because he's a doctor. <laughs> and he, I feel like you two are holding back on the inside in your head. You're like, there's all these gags going on, isn't there? The outtake version of this could be quite excessive. We don't outtake, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Copy paste straight on the internet. No, but you're right. I was just because I was just having this conversation with somebody other. Well, actually, the other gym I go to, we were talking about eating protein after mm-hmm. training, and he was like, "Obviously, I know you do that because you know I understand that. That's yeah. my job." But a lot of clients don't, and like you're saying, you're almost missing some of that hard work that you've put in. Well, but also your body doesn't recover. So if you're not if no. you're not putting the fuel in you're not going to recover. So you go to the next session and you're down yeah. Yeah. and then your injury risk is higher. Yes. But also your your lack of enjoyment in that session is down because you haven't got the yeah. carbohydrates or the protein and the micronutrients in your system to be able to do it. Yeah. You, you know, the analogy that we often give to younger athletes is if you if you want to drive to Newcastle, you need to make sure you've got a full tank of petrol. Yeah. If you go in with half a tank, you ain't going to get there. Yeah. And then you're just going to be disappointed on the side of the road. So you've got to be sensible about... Yeah about filling up yeah that's quite a good analogy yeah it is I also like the visual of having like your table of food for the Mm. whole week I think I think if you can get people to visualize things and the same with the exercise it just makes it more accessible doesn't it you can begin to understand that yeah yeah as I was telling you earlier, I just They're have just to be- refer to Erlen Harland for everything. It's like, he eats this protein, he walks on the floor with no shoes on, and my son's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. But that's another thing about elite athletes. They're such role models for kids. Absolutely, too. in lots of different ways, right? Yeah. In lots of different ways. Yeah. But in terms of health, and, you know, there's so much now. I'm seeing, like, so-and-so tapes their mouth shut, so-and-so eats this much protein so as you know it and it's all kind of starting to infiltrate through the celeb sports world these this actually people are doing these little biohacks no that's because of us what are you talking about oh yeah about? sorry i forgot he's your number one promoter i heard like his instagram is full of it can't get any other sponsorship deals on it no but you're right but i think it goes back to you know you need to understand you need to get the fundamentals majoritively yeah. right yes yeah the next steps and the biohacks don't answer effectively if not, but you also need to understand why you're doing it. Like, what's the goal? You can do all the mouth taping you want, Mm -hmm. but if you're not eating right or you're only getting four hours sleep a night, it's irrelevant whether you're mouth tape. You know, that's not going to make up for it. So you need to to really think about the basics 
and get those bits boxed off. Yeah. And then all these things become super more effective. Yeah. Bonus. No, completely yeah. agree. Sorry. Um, just because we're always really nosy and we always ask people about their personal stuff. Um, I mean, this could go anywhere, but yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm going to keep it sports <laughs> related. <laughs> we wouldn't be shocked um, by yourself, so. <laughs> well, Okay, first of all, you've done quite a few kind of very physical, challenging things. Yeah. What's your What's been your favourite challenge that you've done and why? Really good question. So I've done a lot of endurance activities, so Ironmans and desert multi-day races yeah. and kayak races and bike events and things like that. <laughs> I think it's, I think anyone who's done these types of events will know you, you start off doing one mm-hmm. and then you get in with a crowd and you're like, oh, that looks good. And then you go and do that. And, oh, that looks good. And you go and do that. I think, I think with all these things, the longer the event gets, the more you think about what the preparation for it looks mm-hmm. like. And people who, people who've done them and maybe people who haven't done them would look at, uh, at the finish line photo. Yeah. whatever that looks like but the reality is it's not about the finish line it's about the journey mm. and it's the journey even just to get to contemplating to want to do the, the yeah. to do the event and then the journey through the training and then the journey on the actual event and the people that you meet and the things you have to go through and the and the you know we talked before about planning and how you make it work around the rest yeah. of your life and, and, and what your goals are because most people's goals in most of these things is just to complete it yeah. and then enjoy the enjoy the challenge of it and I think once you start getting into these things, you're like, all right, that's a, quite a good tick. But now I've got to go and do something that's a bit mm. more extreme. Mm. And you get fear around it. And actually, I think a lot of people, um, that's a good thing for people. We've all got a pretty comfortable life, let's yeah. be honest, yeah. in the Western world in general. You know, you look at difficulties around the world and you think, well, mm. we're very lucky that we don't face that. Um, and however bad life might be, most people have got a roof over their head and food on the table and all that goes with it that, that lots of people around the world don't have and so you know you can set yourself these challenges find people to go with you on the journey even if it's just someone at home supporting you yeah friends or family whatever um and, and take yourself on the journey because i think it's the it's the journey part of it which is yeah. the bit that i really like but to answer the question of the actual event mm-hmm. i would say i did this tour de force it's now called la loop um, I did it in 2015. So it's the whole Tour de France route. So you do all 21 days wow. in the 20, 21 stages in the 23 days of the way that the athletes do it. But you do it a week before. And it's done, organised by the Weights Foundation, who set this up because their um, youngest son at the time, unfortunately, was murdered in South America. And it's basically a gap year by, by a homeless guy. And they were like, you know, it's a terrible story. We want to do something to, to mm. make something good out of this, and so they set this set this event up, and it's just grown and grown and grown. You can go and do um, the weekend in the Alps, or the weekend in the Pyrenees, mm, or you can do the first half or the back half, or um, little sections of it. But I just went straight in and did the whole thing, and it was amazing. Just the people you meet, yeah. just going through beautiful countryside. Okay, it rains a little bit, mm. but most of it's beautiful countryside. The mountains are spectacular. You're doing it a week before the tour, so it, all the villages are set up. Yeah a lot of the road gets resurfaced okay. even if it's just a thin film of tarmac so you're rolling on this beautiful beautiful tarmac yeah. and then everyone's just so friendly um and i hadn't done anything as long as that yeah. realistically um and it was mega it was mega so i'd re- you know, have a look huge. at there's there's lots of these events out there but 21 day bike ride joey 
I mean, I'd do it if I could maybe sit on the back of someone's bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be the passenger. I'd be there for fun. Like, I'd be, like, fully motivational, but... Just no. in the Alps. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We'll just keep stopping. A little bit of bike. <laughs> 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 a little bit of baguette and wine on the back of the bike. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Oh, wrong crowd, right? Should have come up with a better example, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ridiculously long hair. Um, okay, before you do biohack of the week, do you have a personal biohack that you do? So aside from all the foundational stuff that we've got spot on, do, are there any? is there a particular biohack that you do personally that you like? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Go back to the go back to the point I was making from the from the whole point of this is you've got to get those fundamentals right. Yeah. So sleep, nutrition, and and activity, and for me, activity is definitely yeah. the one that if I take out, I get most affected by in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond those three, do you have a, you know, like mouth taping, oil pulling, fasting? Is there anything but cold therapy? Heat I've therapy? got I've got more into so my children now live up in Suffolk, and. Um, I'm going to go straight from here to pick them up. We're going to go yeah. fish and chips, and we're going to jump in the sea. Oh, nice. But that's a you know that's a that's an opportunity to be able to <clears throat> to go and to go and do that, and that's a that's more of a fun thing. Yeah. That we we've got into doing. They they think, Daddy, you're crazy, but they they then get involved. And then yeah. there's now a lake near to where they live, um, which I jumped in at the weekend. I'm going to jump in that as well. So we're going to do a couple of bits of water. So cold. Yeah, cold. Yeah, I think, cold. you know, like, it, I, I've, um, it's become more popular, but a friend of mine, <clears throat> the guy that I met doing one of these events, got into wild swimming and did these little micro-adventures, and mm-hmm. he's publicising this like 10 years ago, okay. when it was really like a, a super, super new thing back then. Mm. Um, but again, it's, it's that, you, you go down these journeys of meeting people, and then you see what these other guys are yeah. doing, where they're taking and all that kind of stuff, and it's quite mainstream now, you yes. know, cold water, mm. as long as you're doing it safely, and building a tolerance and all that kind of safety advice but the, the whole concept of it's pretty cool yeah. so um yeah I'm gonna look, that's my wednesday lookout wellness wednesday wellness wednesday yeah, yeah. micro adventure micro i like adventure. that <laughs> i think we need a micro adventure yes. or a mega adventure every day sounds like an adventure so go on then biohack of the week <clears throat> so physical activity you just need to build it into your life yeah. whether that's you you start by, right, you go, let's say you take the tube to go to work. Yeah. Get off one stop before, yeah. walk the last stop. Again, when you come out of the office, walk that stop and then go in. You can build it up. You yeah. can be whatever the level you're at, but there's always ways of adding bits in yeah. to make your life more physically active. There is. Because, you know, when it comes to your physical health, you have to make time for physical movement. Yeah. You know, movement is medicine. If you don't make time for physical health, then you're going to have to make time for illness. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's much harder to play catch-up than it is to be proactive yeah. in anything in life. So you've got to make time for it. Yeah. I think people say, oh, I just can't fit it in. You get can. up early. Yeah. Get up at five. Like, I walk two yeah. and a half miles to school every day with my little one. Yeah. Because I get up early to do it. It's another 40 minutes on my time in the morning. But yeah. But it could add You don't necessarily have to get up early because that's going to potentially compromise your sleep yeah. right but there's probably and I use, that's why i use the sort of active travel as a way of, of kind of starting the conversation with people because i think it's more 
if you're not very active, yeah. to become active is actually a big move. It's a big yeah. step. So if yeah. you're already, if, if you're at that 150 minutes every week, to move to a couple of hours, you know, or an hour longer, yeah. that's more achievable, yes. and that could be coming anyway, yeah, which could yeah. be the active travel or, or whatever it could, whatever you want it to be. But um, as I say, you just got to try and build it in every day, and yeah. just chip away at it because yeah. it adds up by the end of the week. Yeah. Which is the point. Cool. Well, thank you very much, um, George, for coming and talking to us. Thanks As for me. always, um, the disclaimer: if you are going to radically change your <laughs> diet or your exercise regime, Lucy and I are not medical professionals, so please go and speak to a medical practitioner um, before making any of these big changes in your life. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll thank see you, you next week. Bye. Overall, biohacking can be a powerful tool for optimising physical and mental performance, improving overall health and enhancing quality of life. However, it is important to approach biohacking with caution and consult with a healthcare professional before making any significant changes to your lifestyle or using any new supplements or technologies. Or use your own discernment like we do. Um, we aren't health professionals. This is a personal journey where we are sharing tips that we find useful.